CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Always are looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events through a biblical perspective, what we hear in church on Sunday or Saturday or whenever we attend fellowship. And um, again, maybe if you've just been reading your Bible, come across a question you don't understand, call us. That's why we're here. 8888-ASK-CSN. We got lines open, and so you're welcome to call right now, live radio. And so again, 8888-ASK-CSN. You know, over the weekend, we had a special harvest outreach here where we just ministered to people. Oh yeah, we use bounce houses and all kinds of things, but uh, we gave away some 600 tracks on uh, on uh, the treat that will last forever, speaking of Jesus. And then uh, with the help of the Gideons, we were able to hand out over 560 uh, Bibles as well. And uh, we had over a thousand people show up. So it was a good party that we had to reach out to our community. And again, uh, we just want to once again, let everybody know to be about your father's business. Let your light shine. Again, the Bible says you're salt and light. And again, it's God's good pleasure to let you be salt and to let you be light. And so we just want to encourage you to do that. Joining me today, special guest um, and uh, director of Center of Biblical Research. He's been on the program before at the Family Research Council, David Clausen. And uh, David's the author of many books. Hi, David. Yeah, it's a joy to be with you again, Pastor Mike. Thanks for having me on the program. Well, tell us a little bit for those that are not familiar with your ministry, what you do, and of course, the books you've written. And of course, we always get this program often. Well, where do we as Christians get off mixing church with politics? I think this is one of the things that I think a lot of people have have said that because this is really not a, a political show. However, in the Old Testament, almost every prophet of God was involved in their politics, whether it was uh, Elijah fighting Jeze- Jezebel and Ahab, whether it was uh, Jeremiah, whether it was uh, John the Baptist in the New Testament telling Herod it wasn't lawful for him to have his uh, brother's wife, Jesus calling Herod that old fox. Paul saying, I'm a Roman citizen. They beat us uncondemned. Let him come down and apologize. All the way through the Bible, we see where people who believe in God do not give up their their, uh, constitutional rights. And yet, for some reason, uh, you hear this, well, if you're a Christian, just shut up. Don't talk about politics, where it's all the way through the Bible. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's a really helpful overview, uh, Pastor Mike. And so I serve at the Family Research Council. Uh, It's a ministry here in Washington, D.C. on our nation's capital. Uh, Family Research was founded in 1983 uh, with the purpose and goal of impacting public policy and the culture from a biblical worldview. 
Uh, my specific role uh, at FRC is uh, that I lead our Center for Biblical Worldview. Uh, so this is a position I've been in since the spring of 2021. And really, my goal and what I do is trying to apply God's word uh, to a lot of the issues that might be perceived as political or cultural issues, uh, but that are first and foremost theological and biblical issues. And so I think your uh, overview there, Pastor Mike, is helpful uh, because there are a lot of issues I think that today we assume our political issues. Uh, we, we, we see people talking about them on the news. Um, they're talked about in political campaigns. And so, sure, they are political issues. Take the issue of abortion, for example. But first and foremost, abortion, the, the issue of human life, that's a theological issue. Uh, there's a thus saith the Lord. Uh, there's a chapter and a verse that we can point to to understand what God's perspective is. And so, some, and the, think of other issues, the issue of marriage, the issue of human sexuality. Uh, so I have an eight week, uh, study out now, uh, titled Male and Female, He Created Them, uh, using that language from Genesis chapter one, verse 26, that seeks to look at all these issues. Again, marriage and issues related to sexuality. These are seen by many as political issues. Uh, but I make the case that first and foremost, uh, these are issues that the Bible addresses. God's, God's word has an answer to these questions. And so kind of at the intersection of theology and public policy is where I seek to do ministry here in D.C. Yes, and tell us about your book. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, again, it's called Male and Female, He Created Them. Um, I co-authored it with Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, who work at the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. And so they're at Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. I'm at FRC. Uh, the three of us have a, a lot of opportunities to go around the country and teach and to speak and uh, we just realized that re really wherever we went, the questions we got, really regardless of the topic we were presenting on, related to marriage and homosexuality and transgenderism and how to think through all of these different issues. And so thankfully, and again, praise God, there are a lot of good uh, books on these issues, uh, but there weren't any that we could find uh, like Bible studies and so we kind of joined forces and put together an eight-week session or eight-week study uh, that deals with these issues. So one lesson is all on homosexuality. Another lesson is on transgenderism. We have another lesson on just identity. And so if you go through – and again, I think any individual could go through this resource, but it's actually meant to uh, be used in Bible studies or small group settings uh, for families to use it. Uh, there's videos that go along with it featuring people like Rosaria Butterfield and Al Mohler. And so um, the response so far has been really encouraging, Pastor Mike. Um, and I think the reason that uh, a lot of people are looking at this material is because wherever you look in the news – whether it's questions about personal pronouns or the, the debate about uh, marriage and homosexuality. Uh, these are the issues that people are, are dealing with in their workplaces. And so, again, we're not saying anything that hasn't been said before. We're just trying to helpfully take people uh, to God's word to find the answers. Amen. And uh, again, God, as we know, has told us all these things are going to happen. And, of course, everybody's concerned about what they see going on right now in the Middle East. Uh, mm. And, uh, of course, uh, Iran now, the, the headlines today were Iran and Russia are bolstering their relationship with each other. And all this could be lining up with the Ezekiel 38-39 war, because all it really requires is the United States to abandon Israel, and then all these Arab neighbors make their move, and I think we've got that pictured. Now, 
Again, um, we find increasing pressure on Biden to abandon Israel from the Democrats. Uh, We find Mm -hmm. uh, this is a ongoing problem. And uh, unfortunately, people vote these guys in. And then we end up with the world and the situation that it's like right now, because there's no leadership in our nation. Everybody knows that. Uh, And so I think when the uh, cat's away, the mice eat the cheese. And so I think that's what we're kind of up against right now. But once again, we want to just encourage you to give us a call. If you've got a question, you've been reading your Bible, you've been praying, hey, that's why we're here. Well, David, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Darlene on the line from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I welcome. Hi, Pastors David and Pastors Mike. I really appreciate you taking my call. Yes. Um, I, I was confused about how um, Judas Iscariot died. In book of Matthew, it says he went out and hung himself, but in Acts, it said that he fell and his um, all of his intestines spewed out. Yeah. Could you clarify? Yeah. Um, um, by simply reading this, um, uh, most people believe that uh, when Judas hung himself, uh, the rope broke. Uh, I've been in Israel. There's rocks, sharp, jagged rocks everywhere. And uh, I believe he just hung himself, rope broke, fell on down headlong, you know, smacked the rocks with, uh, with his body and ripped him open and his, his innards came out. Uh, I think they were being a little gracious there in, in, um, in Acts. Uh, but when we really look uh, of what really happened to him, it was not a pretty picture. But most people believe he hung himself the rope broke because of the natural terrain there in Israel with these sharp rocks uh, that he just ripped open and and gushed out. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Pastor Mike. I think when you you put those texts uh, together, uh, I don't I don't see a contradiction. I, I think when you kind of read them isolated, it, it can seem. Uh, like they're saying different things. I was actually in Israel um, in January, and uh, the tour guide always points out a couple of things when you're standing there on the Mount of Olives, and he, he kind of points over to the area uh, known as kind of where the, 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 the place where Judas hung himself. And even today, it's kind of a dump. Uh, there's, there's jagged, sharp rocks. Um, and, and so I think, I think your explanation, Mike, uh, is exactly what I would have said as well. So I, I don't really have anything to add. I think that was a, a no. helpful summary of the passage. Darlene, I hope that helps. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Darlene, stay in line if you like. Send you out the movie Jesus, uh, Time to Grow, and a little uh, another DVD called God of Wonders. I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to Chris, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes. Okay, well, uh, well, I, uh, in the book of John, you know, when it starts, it says, you know, it says that uh, the word becomes flesh. Well, you know, I was reading it and, and what have you, and it says that everything was made for him and through him. If he wasn't there, then nothing would have been made. That's right. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, that's, I mean, I am so uh, enthused with that. And and then later on, he, he tells him, you know what, Chris, uh, you keep reading, then it talks about that Jesus was the one that created everything not the, the father himself. So I was like, okay. So I just I just took that into heart, and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to take the pastor's perspective and get their point of view. 
Yeah, and well, if you look at it, uh, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, uh, and it says, He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him not anything that is made is made. I believe this is speaking of Jesus Christ, uh, not so much the Father, but it is speaking of Jesus there. Because if we read on, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Now, again, when we look at this, the him here is Jesus. And so I don't see what your friend was really angling at. Is there is there something here more that, that he was trying to show you? No, uh, we weren't actually uh, going by the Bible at the time, but I was just explaining him what I've read, and then he just went off and said, well, if you look at it, Chris, uh, it wasn't the Father that created everything, but it was Jesus himself. Yeah, that's right. That's what it says. So Jesus was the person through which the Trinity allowed all things to become into, into being. Uh, and so, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, going back to Genesis 1-1. The word for God there is the word Elohim. And uh, El is one. Um, El Elyon, uh, some of the names of God in the Old Testament. This is singular. Allah is two. And Elo is three. Elohim is two. Three, the triunity of God is right there in the very first verse of the Bible. And what's also interesting is it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Um, some cults say, oh, he was talking to the angels. No, angels are not procreative. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. Uh, they're messengers, they're warriors, they're protectors, um, defenders, things like this. Um but they're they're not they don't create. Uh, this is something that uh, God is has does and has given man. Interestingly enough, we are a triune being as well. We're a body, we're a mind, and we're a spirit. God says, "The day you eat of the tree is the day you surely die." Man ate of the tree; he didn't fall down dead right at that second. But something did die in him, and that's why they ran and hid themselves, tried to sew fig leaves together to hide their sin. You see, that spirit died in them. And this is why Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, a man must be born again. Uh, just he was born of the water, he needs to be born of the spirit. Born of the water, your birthday. Born of the spirit, your spiritual birthday. And we find again this that died in man in the garden was reborn and rebuilt in us by Jesus. Now, again, we're a body, mind, and spirit. Now, I know people, and I believe people that are not born again, uh, th that spirit is dead in them. We wonder, how can people be so, de so dark and devious? L look at the news. Look at, look at what Hamas did. I mean, you wonder what that is a human being without the Spirit of God in them. Very clear. How could people support people that do these things? Take note colleges of America. It's because there's no spirit in them to correct this. Now, I believe that, again, you can have a perfect, healthy body. And yet, because your mind is sick, your spirit 
is dead, people kill themselves all the time. See, there's nothing wrong with their body, but they're, they're sick inside, a body, mind, and spirit. And so we really need these three to be in unison together. Now, the Bible says until we're born again, the mind uh, uh, it, it is really not in control. You can go to, I can prove it, you can go to an alcoholic or a drug addict and say, do you realize, do you recognize that your, that your alcoholism is killing you? And they will look at you in complete sincerity and say, yes, that's their brain talking there. Yes, will you stop drinking? No, their body is dictating to their mind what they're going to do. Same it is with a heroin addict or any other drug a problem that you find. It's The problem is there's no spirit to strengthen the mind to take control over the being, over the human. And so this is why we find the problems. So perfectly healthy people kill themselves because the body is what's dictating this. The mind is what's dictating this. They're out of, they're out of sync. They're out of whack. And that's why the Bible tells us, Paul even writes to the Corinthian church, and he says, you're yet carnal in your beliefs. That's kind of weird that he'd use that word. Well, if you look it up in the, in the uh, Strong's Concordance, it means animalistic. You're yet animalistic in your behavior. You're supposed to be acting like Christians and behaving like Christians, but you're acting like an animal. What does an animal do? Whatever it wants to do. No moral restraint, no, no, no care about the consequences. That's the way an animal lives. Paul says, you as Christians are still living like a bunch of animals. What's wrong here? Hey, you were born in the Spirit. You begun in the Spirit. Are you going to be made perfect in the flesh? Paul writes to, to the churches scattered throughout Galatia concerning them trying to return to Judaism. No. Uh, we're, we begun in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's what the Bible tells us. So, understanding that... Um, Uh, we find this Elohim in the very first chapter uh, of the Bible. And then we find further uh, insight into this creative force of God found here in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Hope that helps. I appreciate you. Uh, One last thing before I let you guys go. Uh, The angels. Who created the angels? Well, God had to create the angels. And he did create them with evidently free will. We certainly see that as they uh, rebelled against uh, uh, the father with Lucifer um, and probably very much over probably human beings. The Bible says God was going to create human beings a little lower than the angels. That, that's that scriptural. I don't think it bothered Lucifer. I don't think that bothered any of the host of heaven. But then the Bible says he was going to elevate this lower class above the angels. First Corinthians chapter six says, do you not know someday you will judge angels and call them this human race that accepts him as savior, his bride. I don't think that set well with Satan. And it's interesting, whatever this dispute in heaven was about, and that's why I believe it's over human beings. I'll explain that a little bit more in a second here that a third of the heaven rebelled with Lucifer and they were they were removed out of heaven. Now, Satan's access is still there. He's able to present himself before God. He's the false accuser of the brethren, Paul tells us. 
Uh, we, we understand this is what he does. But why is the demons always trying and the devil always trying to destroy human beings? I believe it's because of this war in heaven, and I believe it was over human beings, and you don't find any time a person, anybody, gets wrapped up in the, oh, since they got into, into the devil's thing, oh, they're doing so good. No, their lives are wrecks. They're addicted, they're junky, they're thieving, they're doing whatever they can do to support themselves. You see them walk in the streets of our major cities all strung out with meth and everything else. No, I think the devil really hates human beings. And you say, well, he doesn't hate me, I'm not a Christian. Oh yeah, he does. You were created in the image of God. And because of that, every human being, I think every time the devil looks at human beings, he goes, ugh. So we find this. So all things were made by him. David, any last thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to give a, a verse to our caller that kind of I think will elaborate as well on what you have in John 1. So it's actually in Colossians uh, 1, uh, verse 15 through 17. Uh, this, I think, will answer your que- the, the first question as well, complimenting what Pastor Mike said about how Jesus is the agent of creation. And so if Jesus is the agent of creation, what is Jesus creating? Well, the answer is everything. And so listen to what uh, Paul says in verse 15 of Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And then it goes on to say he is before all things and in him all things hold together. So uh, when you read that and it says Jesus uh, is the agent of creation and he's creating things, the thrones, the dominions, visible and invisible, I think that actually clearly is referring to categories of angels. Uh, so Jesus is the creator, the agent at creation who creates all things. Uh, and it's all ultimately all for his glory. Amen. I hope that answers it for you. And... Uh, Chris, I, I hope that uh, hope that helps. Uh, yes, I uh, appreciate you guys, and uh, you guys have a blessed day. Thank you so much. You too, Chris. Stay online if you like. Send you out the movie Jesus, based on the book of Luke, as well as Time to Grow, and also God of Wonders. Great for evangelism. And with that, we'll go to Jim. Hi and welcome in Sholo, Arizona. Hi, Wag. Hi. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good. How may we help? Well, my question is, we've been studying a little bit in a small group on the, you know, the order of end-time events. Yes. And so I just was wondering if you could kind of give us a rundown maybe of of what order those are going to take place in. And the reason the reason we're asking is because we found a passage in Revelations 20 that talks about the millennial reign of Christ and and Satan being bound for a thousand years. Yes. And then we read there in verse 8 that Satan is loosed and that that's when he goes up and and deceives the nations, and it mentions Gog and Magog there coming down and surrounding, you know, the saints. Mm -hmm. So... We're saying, you know, does that that Gog and Magog war is that after the millennial reign of Christ? No, Gog and Magog, 
just seem to have it in their craw to be in rebellion to God. And it is interesting that even after a thousand years pass, uh, that they uh, still hold animosity towards the Lord. Uh, And uh, again, uh, this uh, idea that they're going to be in control uh, and get away, you know, do away with Jesus Christ, of course, is a problem. Now, very quickly, you ask for a rundown. I believe we have a couple of issues coming up here. We, of course, have this issue right now in the Middle East. This is current for it, and, and I believe it's very important. Ezekiel chapter 38 says that they come down against Israel in the last days to take a spoil. It lists them by name. It says Magog to the north. We have Gog. We have uh, the area of Turkey, Persia, which is Iran, Iraq, and part of Afghanistan, the old Persian Empire. We have Ethiopia, Libya, the Balkan states. Curiously, Egypt and Saudi Arabia are not mentioned in this coalition that comes against Israel. And I don't think that's uh, just an oversight. I believe they just don't come against them. Uh, maybe they learned from the last couple of wars they got drug into. Don't do that. And so they, they're not doing that. Um, but we know that we have a, a war here. The Bible says that no one comes to Israel's defense when this invasion takes place. Now, it says they were dwelling peaceably in Ezekiel 38, which Israel was. And what we might be finding right now is this war morphing into more of what the Ezekiel 38 war will be. Uh, I do not believe, I believe that the Ezekiel 38, 39 war clearly, clearly in Scripture is before the tribulation period, not during the tribulation, not after the tribulation, not at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. It's very clear that it will be at before, and here's why. Because in Ezekiel chapter 39, it says the cache of weapons, as God fights for Israel because no one else does, God fights for Israel, delivers Israel uh, miraculously. The Bible says the whole world is awestruck at how God did this. That doesn't make them believers. does mean that they probably witnessed a miracle. But we know in the scriptures, seeing a miracle doesn't make a, a person a believer in Christ. The more miracles Jesus did, the harder the Pharisees' hearts got. But we know that there's going to be this, this, this amazing victory. The cache of weapons and fuel oil and all this stuff is so great. The Bible says that Israel will be burning their weapons and the cache that they got for seven years. Now, the tribulation is only seven years long. So they're not going to be burning weapons, you know, uh, into the millennial reign of Christ when the Bible says Jesus makes this world new all over again. We're going to pick up the rest of this on the other side of the break. Jim, everybody, don't go away. And uh, David and myself will be back for more right after these messages. We'll be right back. As the days grow darker, children are under more attack than ever. And sadly, it starts at conception, as one in five pregnancies will end in abortion. But in the midst of this tragedy, Preborn's network of clinics are bringing renewal and life to hurting mothers and at-risk babies. Preborn's mission is to equip pregnancy clinics with ultrasounds to help save babies' lives and souls. 
and that ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound, the majority of the time, she will choose life. To learn more about the life-saving work of preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's something that could really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65+, is a low-cost option for people with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor and get 24-7 telehealth from the comfort of your home. And here's the thing. If you join before October 30th, you'll get your second month free and save even more. I'll give you the number here in a second, but just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. The deadline again is October 30th, so now is a great time to call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. I want to welcome you back to part two of Trevor Man and Answer here on this Monday afternoon as we start off this brand new week with David Colson. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and David with us is uh, Director of Center of Biblical Research at the Family Research Council. And uh, again, David, I'm really glad you're with us today and uh, helping me answer some questions. Absolutely. Always fun to uh, to be a part of this program. It's uh, important and uh, always encouraging with the types of thoughtful questions the, that callers have. Yeah, you know, it's, it always lets us know what, uh, what what's on people's hearts out there. And, you know, as we were, went to the break, we were talking about this Ezekiel war, uh, that this that we're seeing in the Middle East very much could be that. I, I'm not sure. Uh, there's several reasons why possibly the United States would withdraw their support of Israel. Uh, Bernie Sanders, of course, uh, a avowed communist, uh, spent his honeymoon in, in Russia. What he's doing in our Congress, God only knows. But he said that no aid that we give to Israel can be used to harm any civilians in the Gaza. Well, how are you going to do that, Bernie? That doesn't even make any sense. You, you see, they were, they were shelled. They were, they, they were surprise attacked. They had a 9-11. They had a Pearl Harbor and... To say that we can't, uh, that they can't use their resources the way they seem fit is best? What? Well, there could be a revolt against the Biden administration and led by who knows, Kamala Harris, AOC, Tabib, the other ones that are absolutely for the, the terrorists, uh, the support groups there of Hamas. Uh, this could be a, a, a real breaker and uh, they could just say, well, you know, we don't like what you're doing in Gaza. You're on your own. And then this could turn into the Ezekiel 38 war. Um, happened a little bit different than I imagined, 
But nevertheless, Israel was at peace when they were attacked. And now it's just escalating to the point where Russia will come down with Iran, coupled with the Arab states, the Bible lists there, and uh, to take a spoil. God fights for Israel, um, and they have this great cachet of weapons and oil for the tanks, probably all this stuff, burning it for seven years. They're not going to be burning it into the millennial reign of Christ. So this Ezekiel 38 war, the one that's mentioned here, has to be before, has to be before the tribulation period. Tribulation period is only seven years long. And probably a little bit before that, because we know that Israel comes under, um, uh, Jerusalem comes under some severe attacks halfway through uh, the tribulation period with the abomination which makes desolate. That's where the Antichrist, the, the world leader, declares to the world that he's God, must be worshipped as God, sets himself there in the in the rebuilt temple there in Jerusalem, very possibly even during its dedication. We don't know. But whatever it is, um, uh, Jesus said, don't even go back into your house to get your coat. Just run for the hills. Well, we know it's, it's going to be bad. Uh, they're not going to be needing a lot of um, uh, uh, heat and stuff like that as they're running for their lives. So Many people put this uh, maybe a couple years before the tribulation period. I don't know. Um, but we do know that it is that it is real. Uh, and it is interesting to me that when Satan is loosed during the millennial reign of Christ. Now, the reason, Jim, why Jesus allows Satan to be loose, for almost a thousand years, man has had to live in a perfect environment, perfect ecosystem, perfect food, perfect government, perfect everything. And the Bible proves once and for all, you put man in a perfect environment with everything perfect, the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And he rebels against Jesus. Satan is loosed to give people a choice. And they choose wrongly, many The Bible says the sand is on the seashore. They come against Jesus there in Jerusalem. And with a word, Jesus destroys all of them. Not going to be a big battle. Not going to be a big uh, Gaza Strip thing. With a word, they're going to be destroyed. You see, uh, we're living in a very strange time. And and, um, that uh, criminals, even in our own country, have oftentimes more rights than the victim does. Everybody knows somebody where this is the case. It's just that if a person is alive, they have these rights. Well, you have to remember, the Bible says there's bad people, and bad people need to be punished. And unfortunately, with this idea that we're all good, we're all grooving together, that's the age of dawn of Aquarius, um, and you just treat people good, and they're going to be good, um, God, once and for all, proves to everyone they lived in a perfect environment for almost a thousand years and still rebelled against God. God comes down, evidently partly is maybe part of the ringleader, and comes against Christ. Uh, I, you know, And you know, people that, that are greedy, because the heart of man is still the same. Uh, our environment changed, but the heart of men are still the same. And they, they're greedy. They want to be in control. We don't want none of this Jesus stuff. We're going to be in control. And um, 
Again, you you look at uh, the uh, Russian, you look at um, their, uh, even China. Uh, You look at these people. These people are murdering uh, people. Joseph Stalin, whom they erected a bronze statue in Washington State. (laughs) Are you ready for this, America? In Washington. They erect, they they took down the, the, the statue of Columbus and put up one of Joseph Stalin, who murdered 20 million of his own people. Adolf Hitler didn't like Jews. He killed Jews. Stalin, on the other hand, he murdered his own. Now, I got to tell you, we saw some real tetrarchs come out of uh, uh, the Second World War, some real, real thugs. But uh, when you look at uh, Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong murdering 50 million of his fellow Chinese, boy, I'll tell you, these murdering thugs take it to a whole new level. And to erect a bronze statue in Washington state? Wow, that ought to give you a pretty good idea where the mind of people in Washington are at. They should tear that down and drag it through the streets behind a nice big four-wheel drive pickup till it's so scratched up you can't tell what it is. He's a murdering thug. Nobody in America should be idolizing these kinds of people. But they do. Don't understand it. And so anyway, Jim, yeah, um, there's still going to be an issue. This deep-seated rebellion in them is still going to be an issue even up to the very end of the millennial reign of Christ. Um, any other thoughts, David? No, I think as far as the theology and kind of looking at the eschatology, uh, Pastor Mike, I think you provided a lot to, to think about. I, I would just say from a policy political perspective, kind of, which is the the streams I'm swimming in in Washington, D.C., it, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, we're, we're leading up to the 2024 presidential election and I think that this is, this is one thing. This is something that nobody expected uh, that a war in the Middle East uh, related to Israel might be an issue uh, in the presidential election. We always say elections have consequences. And who's in the office, you know, the Oval Office at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? It's Joe Biden. And as of now, uh, most of the decisions the president have ma- has made have been solid. Uh, I gave him much kudos. Uh, for flying over there and standing with the prime minister and the president of Israel. And there are people in his own party, like the, those you mentioned, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, who are raising all sorts of uh, issues Commotion, about uh-huh. this, demanding a ceasefire and things like that. And so it, it's going to be very interesting. And I think this is something all of us need to be paying attention to, uh, to see how does the Biden administration handle this. We're three weeks into the conflict does the Biden administration continue to say and do the right things, or will there be domestic political pressure that's going to cause the stalwart, historically bipartisan support for Israel uh, to begin to uh, to back up a little bit? I think this is something we all need to be watching over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because this could really turn into something. And, and uh, you know, uh, you, you still have Russia saber-rattling uh, to attack the United States. Uh, his Satan 2 missile, he brags about uh, promising complete annihilation. Uh, sink one of those into Lake Yellowstone and watch a super volcano go off and take America out. Maybe uh, set off a uh, 13-0 earthquake up and down the uh, west coast of the United States. Uh, we won't be in biblical prophecy. I don't know. I don't know what they're up to. Uh, but uh, we do know that 
we are living in last days. Now, remember, you've got a 2030 summit meeting with the United Nations to homogenize the world as one. And I have a feeling they're, they, you know, uh, they, they, they want to see this. They want to see their utopian world uh, quickly come together. But for we as Christians, I want to remind you something. Things are not falling to part. They're falling into place. And there's a big difference. The Bible tells us what the order of things are going to be. And I don't advocate violence. I, 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 I don't want to be that kind of a person. I don't want to be what they are. Uh, but we need to stand up for what's right. We need to tell people what's true. We need to expose the enemy. We need to recognize that we have full-blown, hardcore communists within the Democratic Party to end America. This is, this is not uh, made up. This is fact. This is not, you know, conspiracy. No, this is fact, everybody. And uh, again, uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist. Everything America is not. And that's what he, he's for. Um, and his compadres the same way. These, these um, you know, it's interesting. Egypt says, we don't want uh, the, the, um, the people coming out of the Gaza in Egypt. Why is that? Because they know that most of, a lot of them are, are terrorists. But no AOC, bring them all here. Can you believe this? They're deliberately destroying your nation. Do you know that over 200, I think it was 268,000 people, illegal people crossed our border last month not last year, not for the four, last four years, last month, over a quarter of a million illegal people came into our nation. They give them all free money, everybody. Now that's for one month. You add this up over a period of, of years, we're, we're dealing with millions of people the government is giving free money to that are going out and buying things, and then the government brags about the great GDP that we've got. Oh, wow, it's skyrocketing, man, Bidenomics. No, no, it's not Bidenomics. You're stealing from the American tax dollars, uh, and you're giving it to people who broke into our country illegally who buy things. Yeah, they do. And that's what's causing these numbers to be inflated. Where's the American news media telling us the truth about this stuff? Oh, wait a minute. They're part of the overthrow. You see, friends, we, we are in a real, real mess right now. Any nation that abandons God falls into this category. You don't know who your enemies are anymore. You don't even know who your friends are. Israel's America's best friend. And, and look at how many Democrats are clamoring for the end of the Palestinian, uh, end of the Jewish state through the Palestinian uh, uprising. We, we have real problems in America. Our colleges are nothing more than breeding grounds for this kind of, uh, of, of behavior. Let's get a couple of things real straight. Palestinians are not a race of people. This is a lie perpetrated by our American news media. Well, there's the Jews and the Palestinians. No, Lie, lie, lie. Palestinians are just people who lived in the area when in the area of Palestine when Israel became a state. 
no one gave them the right to say they're the only Palestinians. There are Jewish Palestinians, American Palestinian, Chinese Palestinians. Anybody that was living in the area when Israel became a state was a Palestinian. No one gave them the right to say they're the only ones, first of all. Second of all, the occupied territories that you hear so much about. Well, you got to understand, these countries lost this land to Israel. They started a war, and they lost the war. Israel, by law, by, by, by war law, actually owns Jordan, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, all those countries that are bordering Israel, they own all of them. They won the war, the Six-Day War. They whooped them. The only reason they stopped was Russia intervened and said, if you don't stop Israel, um, told Kissinger, then we're going to go in and we'll stop Israel. You know, you look at this and you realize Russia's been a dark player all along. So going back to your original question, yeah, Jim, Magog has always been a problem. Hope that answers it for you. Yeah, yeah, it does. And actually, you know, while I was listening to you guys talk, the light bulb came on in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It specifically mentions Israel. Oh, sure. They come to destroy it. And um, remember, there's one really great hope here. Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. When you see the rebirth of the nation Israel, Jerusalem being under the control of Jews, this is found in Luke chapter 21. Jesus said, this generation will not pass away till all these things are fulfilled. And when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. The rapture of the church. I believe everybody is very soon. Jesus said in, in Luke 21, he said, Pray that you would be counted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. And we find the church standing before Jesus there in Revelation chapter 5, singing that glorious song, who has redeemed us from every tribe, kindred, tongue, and people as we stand there before the Lord. Now, during the tribulation, yes, you're going to find saints, you're going to find the elect, but you never find the church anywhere but in heaven After chapter 3, the church is always found in heaven after Revelation chapter 3. So, good news. Stay on the line, Jim. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs I think you'll enjoy. With that, we'll go to Mike in Monterey Bay. Hi, welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I have a question. Um, I think it's a serious question. Um, During the last election, some really, I thought at least, some rock-solid preachers prophesied that Trump was going to win and we'd have another four years of Trump. And I'm just wondering if you could explain that. It doesn't look good at best. Then I'm kind of wondering, could it have been because Trump did win and they stole the election or am I being naive or they didn't? Well, that's the way they're trying to interpret it. But I believe they were just false prophesying is what I believe. Your thoughts? Are you asking me, Pastor Mike? Yeah, David, you know, you had all these people saying, oh, Trump's going to win. We're going to have another four years of Trump. Nothing to worry about. Oh, Biden's going to win. I remember one TV evangelist, ha, 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 he ain't going to win. Trump's going to win, ha, ha, ha. 
He didn't win. Uh, right, and, right. And, 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 and I think to the caller, what's, what's important to realize is, especially when you read through the Old Testament, uh, one of the criterion uh, to find out if you are a true prophet of the Lord or a false prophet is if your prophecy comes true. Yeah, uh, that that is uh, something that the Old Testament prophets they 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 put they often put their own credibility on the line and said if this doesn't happen I wasn't speaking by the Lord, and, and so I, I agree with Pastor Mike in the sense that I think a lot of the folks who in 2020 were, were just very boldly saying uh, things. I, in my view, I, I think they, they they didn't have a word from the Lord. Um, and I think that that they, their predictions were wrong. Their their pronostications were wrong. And we can we can get into a, a legitimate discussion on changes that were made in election law uh, under the name of COVID, uh, with mail in ballots and drop boxes and, and things like that. Um, you know, there was last second changes made in different swing states that I think uh, deserve a closer look. But at least from my perspective. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2024 uh, because uh, elections have consequences, and my goodness, uh, can our country deal uh, it with another it four years the, of what we've seen? No, it won't last another. But, uh, you know, Mike, to, and again, to go back and answer your question, too, again, uh, I think there is false prophets. If they would have said Trump will win the election, but he'll never, uh, he'll never get the presidency, I would have said, boy, now that's a prophet. But to say he was going to be the next president and then he wasn't and then try to come up with an excuse to cover their false prophecy. Mike, I've got to just step aside a little bit and say, well, how much other stuff are you saying that's goofy? And usually you'll find, my dad always said this. He said, when the spirit of air is working in an individual, it works in other areas as well. So I hope that helps. Oh, yeah, it, it does. I just didn't want to come off being too harsh, but I guess I'm going to have to scratch a lot of people off my list that have credibility. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, um, they're if they're false, they're false. And uh, apparently they're lying to a lot of American people. And it's a stain on Christianity in a sense for the non-believers watching and giving it any credibility. So um, I really thank you guys for what you're doing. And uh, Lord bless your day. Thanks. Mike, stay alive. If you like, send you out the movie Jesus. A couple other things. Great for evangelism. Great for your family. And uh, like I always tell people, when we send you something, we don't you don't get on our mailing list, and then we bombard you every week with envelopes to give us money. We don't do that, never have done that, we never will. Uh, if there's an issue, I'll tell you what the issue is, but I, I just want you to know that we do this because we're trying to get the gospel out. You might see something here that you really like, you want more of them for your Sunday school or your church. That's why we do these things to get the message of the gospel out. Stay on line, Mike. We'll get you taken care of. With that, we'll go to Tom Washington. Hi, welcome. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Good. How may we help? Um, I'm basically a new believer, and I read through my King James Bible almost twice. I'm at Revelations, and I pray with God, and I need to uh, start to study, so I need to know what would be a good recommendation? What kind of a book I would need to really get into the Word? Well, what I like is I like a good commentary. And and uh, if you have a computer, you can go online to blueletterbible.org. Blueletterbible.org. Uh, when that comes up, you'll find up in the top, it'll say study. And click on that. And, and the very first headings, it'll say 
um, written commentaries or printed commentaries. They have uh, audio ones as well, but printed is good. And then they'll pull up a, a lot of different teachers. And I really like Chuck Smith's on uh, the book of Revelation. I like David Gusick as well. Very, very good. If you want to get a little bit different perspective from the 1700s, uh, of course, Matthew Henry's is good to look at. Uh, there's a couple of good ones there, but those are the two I recommend, and it's free. And you can go as fast as you want, as slow as you want. You'll click on it. It'll pull it up. It'll have the Bible uh, there. You read the Bible, and then it'll have the commentary, what it talks about. You can read a little bit more, and it is a great uh, resource and asset, I believe, for any Christian and especially pastors as well. Your thoughts? And I'll just jump in and say, well, just welcome to the family of God, brother. Amen. It, it That's is, true. It, it is so exciting uh, that you've decided to trust the Lord Jesus with your life. And I think the best uh, advice I could give to a young Christian is to plant your life in a local church. Uh, wherever you live, uh, find a church uh, that preaches uh, and believes uh, the gospel, that, that preaches expositionally through God's word, and, and plant your life in that church. Uh, uh, be a part of that congregation, be a part of the lifeblood of that congregation. And I think because the, the Christian life is not, it's never been meant uh, to be lived in isolation. Uh, you read through the book of Acts. Uh, you just said you finished reading the Bible for the second time. You read through the book of Acts, you see the way they did life together in Acts. So uh, continue to read your Bible, brother, and find that local Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church and plant your life in that uh, church uh, for the rest of your life. Hope that helps. It does. Thank you very much. You guys have a blessed day. Stay on line, Tom. I'll send you out a couple of things that'll help you a little bit called Time to Grow that'll also bless you. Stay on line. We'll get those out to you, okay? All right. Thank All you right. God bless you. Let's go to Greg, Kingman, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Yes, thank you. The great apostasy is revving up, and the triune God is a gentleman. My yes. thought is, can a believer, a true believer, because we really don't know who a true believer is or was, relinquish? Because when I look at Scripture, it talks about all these... Um, well, Jesus said you could, and we're almost out of time. Uh, I've only got about 45 seconds. Uh, we find Second Timothy chapter 4. Read that about a guy named Demas. Uh, who, having loved this present world, has departed. Very clear. Jesus spoke in Revelation chapter 3 about a guy, uh, about a church. He said uh, they'll get their name blotted out of the book of life. We find Jesus speaking there in the last five verses of Matthew chapter 24 about a guy that uh, my Lord delays his coming. He eats and drinks with the drunken. The Lord of that servant comes when he's not expecting him and gives him his portion with the hypocrites. Very, very severe. I didn't say it. Jesus did. And of course, we have 1 Corinthians 6 saying people that practice such lifestyles, as he's writing to a church, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Uh, David, thank you so much for being on today. Always a joy to be with Always you, Pastor Mike. Thank you so much. And uh, Director of uh, Biblical Research Family Council, check them out. This ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.